Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome to the quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong. I'm the Get Fit Guy, and I'm currently getting over a cold. In fact, as I record this, I've got a warm drink and a box of tissues right beside my computer. It isn't a bad cold, or even a man cold, but it is enough to annoy me, interrupt my sleep, and cause me to miss more than a few workouts. Which really isn't a big deal right now, since it's the off-season for me, but when it happens in the spring or the midsummer, well, I'm not so cavalier about missing my training sessions. In fact, I can get <laughs> downright ornery. Now, it doesn't seem to matter how many times I get sick during the training season or how many times the athletes that I coach fall prey to a seasonal flu, I still do a lot of hand-wringing over whether or not I should be jumping on the bike or prescribing some heavy lifting session for my clients. But, <laughs> don't worry, this wouldn't be the quick and dirty tips if I didn't have a few guidelines that you can follow. But, before I get to those, I want to talk a little bit about the immune system. Your immune system is comprised of six components that do their absolute best to protect you from foreign invaders. One is the lymph nodes and lymphatic system, which recognize and fight invading pathogens. Number two is the respiratory system, which creates mucus, coughs, and sneezes that trap and remove contaminants. Number three is the skin, which is a relatively thin but very effective barrier against invading pathogens. Number four is the white blood cells, which attack pathogens in your blood and in other tissues of your body. Number five is your spleen, which is a major organ that helps protect you from bacterial infections. And number six is your stomach and intestines. Your stomach acid kills harmful bacteria, and the good bacteria that live in there help to fight pathogens and absorb nutrients, and antibodies secreted by your intestinal cells also help to fight off foreign invaders. Now when we talk about the immune system, we often talk about immune health. And what does that mean? Well, every day we come in contact with thousands of different viruses and bacteria. We touch things like the seat on a bus or the cart at a grocery store, and then we touch our face. The bugs can then get access into our bodies through our mucosal surfaces, like your eyes, nose, mouth, or even a break in your skin. The majority of the time, that invading foe will be thwarted by our mighty white blood cells, which capture and kill the bugs before they can replicate and enter our bloodstream. You know, we actually swallow a surprisingly high number of bacteria and pathogens every day, too. But most of them die in our saliva, or in the acid and healthy bacteria environment of our stomach. 
Unfortunately, some bugs are stronger than others, and some have actually mutated in ways to evade our immune system, and then, well, we are susceptible, at least until our immune system adapts or finds a way to kill the new version of the invader. And in the time before that happens, we're what's called immunocompromised. Now, the dictionary definition of that is a state in which a person's immune system is weakened or absent. But... For us exercise enthusiasts, it actually gets more complicated than that. When we engage in an acute bout of heavy exercise, that workout actually induces immune system responses, which are similar to those that are induced by an infection. Normally, if you're well-rested, you'll recover from this quite quickly, but in times when you are loading on extra training sessions or loaded down with other life stresses, or, <laughs> or both, these immune responses persist and your chances of getting sick are much higher. In particular, endurance exercise and long bouts of training, if not properly managed by a dedicated coach, can weaken our immune systems. The recruitment of white blood cells to fight off pathogens may be reduced and elevated levels of stress hormones, especially the one known as cortisol, can weaken the inflammatory component of our immune response and that can allow pathogens to, well, paint the town red as it were. Even if this doesn't result in some gross and snotty illness like I have right now, once in our system, Pathogens and their accompanying toxins can cause inflammation and require energy to expunge from our bodies, the precious energy which we normally would use to optimize our muscular recovery or manage our adaptation from all our hard training. Now, the main factors which can suppress the immune system are increased intensity of exercise, increased duration of exercise, sleep deprivation, psychological stresses, nutrient-poor diets, calorie restriction, low body fat, frequent travel, and heavy drinking. But let's get to the good news. Exercise can actually strengthen your immune system. According to the American College of Sports Medicine, the ACSM, for the majority of fitness enthusiasts that are engaged in 30 to 60 minutes of exercise most days of the week, the number of sick days they take during the flu season is reduced by at least 40%. <laughs> yep, regular physical activity actually strengthens your immune system. Researchers in Britain tracked the health of a thousand people between the ages of 18 and 85 for 12 weeks during the fall and winter and asked them how often they exercised and how fit they felt. The researchers found the length of time cold symptoms lasted was shorter by 43 to 46% in the people who worked out five or more times per week, compared to people who worked out only once per week or never. It also appears that recreational exercisers reported fewer colds when they exercise regularly, and moderate exercise has been associated with a stronger immune system response and an increase in the production of a thing called a microphage, which are cells that attack bacteria. The reason for this is thought to be that when you exercise, you improve blood flow and the movement of your immune system's lymphatic fluid, allowing your immune cells to circulate through the body more quickly to kill bacteria and viruses off more efficiently. The more consistently you exercise, the more immune system enhancement you get. But exercise can also weaken your immune system. Well, sure, like all good things, you can certainly overdo it. 
Quite often, when one of the athletes I coach finishes an Ironman triathlon or a full marathon, well, they get sick a few days later, usually within a 72-hour window. Research has shown that as few as 90 minutes of high-intensity endurance exercise can make you more susceptible to illness for up to three days after the session. The reason for this is a release of certain hormones that can cause a temporary decrease in the proper function of your immune system. When you perform a hard exercise session, you significantly increase the release of cortisol and adrenaline, which are your body's fight-and-flight stress hormones, and those can suppress the immune system. So, if you're already sick with a cold or a respiratory infection, high-intensity exercise such as weightlifting or very long exercise such as marathon training can further weaken the immune system. Now, to help the people decide whether to hit the gym or stay in bed, the ACSM offers the following recommendations. Do exercise moderately if your cold symptoms are confined to your head. If you're dealing with a runny nose or sore throat, moderate exercise is permissible. Don't sweat out your illness. This is a potentially dangerous myth, and there is no data to support that exercising during an illness can help cure it. And do stay in bed if your illness is systemic, and that means that it's spread beyond your head. Respiratory infections, fevers, swollen glands, and extreme aches and pains all indicate that you should rest up, not work out. So, in a nutshell, and we'll cover this again later, if your symptoms are from the neck up, go easy. But if you have a fever or general aches and pains, rest up and let your body get over the illness. All right, back to our illness. Although high-intensity exercise can make you sicker if you're already under the weather, it turns out that moderate levels of physical activity are actually okay. There was one study at Ball University on sport exercise and the common cold that actually injected volunteer students with a cold virus, then tracked them for 10 days, during which each participant logged all of their exercise sessions. Now, in the exercise group that performed light aerobic activity for 40 minutes each day, there was no significant difference in cold symptoms in the severity or the duration. So, while the exercising group didn't actually get any better any faster, they also didn't get any worse. But, okay, before you rush off to the gym to cough all over the treadmill, please remember that exercising in public while you are sick will expose the rest of humanity to the potentially contagious illness that you have. It is a much better idea to go for a brisk walk outdoors or do some power yoga in your living room. Now, it's also important to remember that exercising with a slight cold is very different from exercising with a fever or a full-on flu, which can make you a lot more miserable and potentially sicker. Fighting the flu requires the full strength of your immune system, and the illness may also be antagonized by dehydration or muscle fatigue that occurs when you exercise. Now, because so many competitive athletes and A-type personalities actually find the stress of missing a workout more upsetting than the stress of exercising when they feel sick, nearly every physician and many of us coaches will all fall back on the old neck check. And the neck check goes like this. Below the neck. Don't exercise when you have below-the-neck symptoms, such as coughing that produces phlegm, body aches, fever, and fatigue. 
If you have those, you should give your body a chance for some much needed rest and recovery. Now above the neck, you may exercise if your symptoms are above the neck, such as a sore throat, nasal congestion, sneezing or teary eyes or a runny nose or even a scratchy throat. But okay, even if your symptoms are above the neck, it's still smart to do what I like to refer to as a test drive first. Start your workout easy. And if your head seems to clear and you start or continue to feel peppy, well, it's okay to keep going. But if you feel like you start to feel worse or your symptoms increase, well then just pull the plug and head for the couch. A lot of people ask when it is safe to actually return to exercise after an illness, and now this is a tricky one, and it usually involves a few failed test drives that we just talked about earlier, but before a full return may be achieved, the good old ASCM has some useful advice on this too. If your cold symptoms are confined to your head, intense exercise can be resumed a few days after the symptoms subside, and that's in the cases of most common colds. But if you're recovering from a more serious bout of cold or flu, gradually ease back into exercise after at least two weeks of rest. Now, my advice is always not to rush back. Like we learned from good old Shalane Flanagan, training timeouts can actually have their own benefits. And you can find out more about that by going to getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com and looking for the episode about the other Shalane effect. But here's an interesting and perhaps motivating or unmotivating fact for you. You can't actually lose body fat while you're sick. This is because the fat metabolism actually gets impaired during infections. You instead rely heavily on muscle as an energy source, especially during times of physical stress. So any weight loss that you experience while you're sick is generally loss of lean muscle mass. And that's no good. Okay, to wrap things up, let's talk about how you should actually treat your cold. And for this, I'm going to defer to my fellow Quick and Dirty Tips podcaster, the House Call Doctor, for some quick and dirty tips on what to do if you catch a cold. So take it away, Dr. Madged. Number one, for stuffy nose, use decongestants. Some examples are phenylephrine or pseudoephedrine. Pseudoephedrine works better to open up the nasal passages, but does have greater side effects for people who can't tolerate decongestants. There's also a long-acting 12-hour pseudoephedrine you can ask your pharmacist about. I tell my patients to try using a vaporizer or humidifier as well. It's similar to a hot shower effect and can actually help open up your nasal passages. Now this combined with sipping on hot liquids all day long can actually make you feel a lot better. Number two, for a runny nose, use antihistamines such as diphenhydramine for nights, but it does tend to make you sleepy, and loratadine, cetirizine, or fexofenadine for the daytime to avoid drowsiness. Number three, for a fever or body aches, use ibuprofen or other anti-inflammatories. Now, again, make sure you ask your doctor before it's okay for you to take them personally. Otherwise, acetaminophen is a good second option. Number four, for a sore throat, use sugar-free lozenges, throat sprays, or saltwater gargles, which can actually help soothe a scratchy throat. And number five, for cough, use cough syrup. The cough associated with the common cold typically occurs secondary to a post-nasal drip from all that nasal drainage in the back of the throat. 
That's why some patients actually become awakened in the middle of the night with a cough because gravity simply pulls that drainage from the back of your nose down into your throat. It irritates the throat and then it causes a cough. This cough can linger for weeks past a cold. So once your nose dries up, this too will go away. Until then, you can actually use over-the-counter cough syrups, guaifenesin to break up the mucus, and antihistamines to help dry up the drainage. Thank you so much, doctor. That was very helpful. And you can find more awesome tips like that over at quickanddirtytips.com slash house-call.doctor. All right, so... We know that getting some exercise when you have anything more serious than a sniffle or a common cold is unlikely to result in any significant physiological gains. We also know that at best, training under these circumstances will be of lesser quality, and at worst, it could lead to some serious consequences. So, can we please just agree to stick to the neck check and then follow it up with a test drive? I mean, we are much more likely to perform well in our goal events and, well, also in our personal life if we occasionally learn to take a time out rather than trying to fit in one more sniffling, sneezing, aching, coughing, stuffy head trip to the gym so we can work out endeavor. Now, for more information on colds or tips on flus or to join in the nose-blowing conversation, head over to facebook.com slash getfitguy or twitter.com slash getfitguy or getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. And I want to thank the house call doctor one more time for giving us those great tips. And you can find her at quickanddirtytips.com slash housecalldoctor. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the sick get fit guy asking you... What are you waiting for? Go get fit. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.